Hello, critical thinkers. Welcome to this newest episode of the Healthy and Awake podcast, where today we're talking about something that is definitely a little different, maybe something you might not expect a board-certified health coach to be talking about. But here's the thing, this is relevant to health. And that's this idea of fifth generation warfare, which isn't your typical Call of Duty style warfare. Uh, it's, it's something that affects all of us. It's something that possibly affects our health. Uh, it, it involves propaganda and cognition and chemical offensive maneuvers and all sorts of uh, interesting approaches in this new type of warfare. And when you really look deep into it at some of the strategies for this sort of thing, it becomes clear that it's possible this sort of thing is ongoing. As a matter of fact, it is definitely ongoing, not only possible. Um, and like I said, it affects all of us. So it is important to talk about this and understand how we can protect ourselves and how that might tie into the possibility of World War III. So this is extremely relevant and important. So let's get into it. So first, let me say, um, I, you know, this is still pretty new. This is episode 11. I've been messing around with the podcast, what works, what doesn't, changing things up. I've learned a lot already. Uh, when I started this, I wanted to get, I honestly wanted to do an episode every day. And uh, now it's looking like two to three per week because I want to offer quality. You know, I have all these ideas in my head. They're there. It's just a matter of organizing them and getting them uh, in, in a way that makes sense to an audience. And that does take some time, especially if I want to make this entertaining and include things like clips that are relevant, current event type stuff, which I do have today, some current event stuff. Because like I said, this is, this is ongoing, fifth generation warfare. And I, if you don't believe me, I'm going to make that crystal clear and, and pretty much undeniable by the end of this episode. And some of the evidence of this type of warfare, possibly, is when you look around and you see balloons in the news. Like, what is that about, balloons in the news? There are so many things that are going on that we could talk about, uh, things that implicate people in high positions of power. Uh, I'm not going to exactly get into that. I don't want to get into politics. That's for you to figure out. There are other shows for that. Um, but it is a fact that there are really uh, a lot of different things that we could be talking about in the media. And when they talk about aliens and balloons, that's kind of a red flag, especially as you think about fifth generation warfare, part of which, uh, uh, well, Part of fifth generation warfare is a cognitive approach, attacking the mind, literally. And I realize that that might sound conspiratorial or off-putting to some people. So I did my due diligence here, and I have some pretty solid and stellar sources that I will include in the show notes. This is thing; These are things that you can't really argue against. So the first one in particular... Uh, this is a pamphlet from 2022. It's called the Cognitive Warfare First NATO Science Meeting Bordeaux. I think that's how you say that word because it ends in A-U-X. 
so this is a, a long PDF you can download online on the NATO website. So this this is a government thing, um, or at least an institutional thing. And in this PDF, they talk about what is cognitive warfare, uh, how can the mind be attacked, what are some of the implications of that. And so I took some notes on this book that we're going to cover today. But that's not the only source. Uh, I have another one. It is a new book from General Michael Flynn. The book is called Fifth Generation Warfare, where from a very modern perspective, I mean, if anyone knows this stuff, it is General Michael Flynn. Um, and it's a really great book. It's an easy read. And it goes into a lot of the different aspects of fifth generation warfare and how that can affect our mind and even our health. And part of the reason that I want to talk about this is because there are ways that we can fight against aspects of fifth generation warfare that might be influencing our decision making, our reasoning, our physical health. And health coaches come into the picture here because we help people make better decisions. We help people move in the direction of a healthy lifestyle and so there are a lot of different uh types of people who are fighting against fifth generation warfare efforts and i do believe health coaches are part whether they realize it or not i do believe health coaches are part of that effort now i i do have some clips here and and like i said i am going to get into more details about what is fifth generation warfare? Um, but like I said in the very beginning here, when you look around at the the balloons and the alien talk and even that the real things like the trains derailing and I don't know, somebody looks closely at messaging and, and the way that these things are put together and, and broadcasted through society and the way that everybody seems to be on the same page. That's a big red flag. We're all different people. You know, we all have different focuses and all that with different agendas, personal agendas, goals and interests and personalities. When we all are on the same page about something like balloons, it's kind of a red flag. And um, <clears throat> I think it's worthy of suspicion. But that's not exactly what I'm here to talk about. That's just a possible component of fifth generation warfare, because part of what Fifth generation warfare entails is a cognitive attack, and, and we're going to make that more clear. Um, so people can be distracted very easily by stories broadcasted on the news and social media. That's where we spend a lot of time nowadays is scrolling through our phones. And that's just like with physical war, how you can attack people on land. Well, social media or digital space can be thought of as a new type of land. This is areas where we are, you know, mentally present. These are areas where we are, in a sense. And it's kind of like the Wild West, right? There's, I mean, we already know things like bots. Um, and even forget the bots. What about people, active human beings with agendas going around influencing people? And so the digital space is like the Wild West right now, and it is a very neat tool for influencing the human mind. And we're seeing that with the Twitter files that have been released. If you've been paying attention to that, you know that some of the things that have been claimed over the past three years are total bullshit. A lot of the people 
who we are supposed to trust, a lot of the authority figures, politicians, experts, medical authorities, all kinds of people have been caught uh, spreading misinformation, uh, let, let's say, and, and propaganda, which we know confirmed from the Twitter files. And we're even seeing the Twitter files being talked about in congressional hearings. So I'll, I'll leave the making connections. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, but when you think of something like Ohio, this train derailment that happened in Ohio, this has direct uh, impact. Uh, this has a direct impact on people's health. Uh, the, the vinyl chloride that, and that's just one of the few different things that was uh, a result of the train derailment. And it's interesting how for the past three years, they said, put a mask on, the air is not healthy, the, the, the flu is in the air coronavirus is in the air, put on a mask, protect yourself from the air. And now we have actual harmful chemicals that we know without a doubt are, are harmful to health, uh, health and, and human and animal health. I mean, people's pets are dying, fish are dying, people are getting rashes and headaches and all kinds of horrible effects. And that has an impact on health. And so there were like seven trains that derailed in the course of three weeks. And uh, uh, as I always like to disclaim, I'm not here to make conspiracy theories, but who knows? Maybe sometimes seven trains derail by coincidence, I'm sure. We don't need to critically think about that. We don't need skepticism. Let's just accept whatever the TV is or is not telling us, right? The TV isn't talking about how weird it is that seven trains derailed and they're saying, yeah, don't worry about it. Just, just get back to work. Go back to work. Don't think about this. The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, is telling people that this chemical that they've used in war where they would have uh, vinyl chloride in some instances used for war purposes, that's safe to breathe. It's fine. It's safe to drink the water. Don't worry about it. We should trust these people, right? What's even weirder is the Netflix movie that came out. Uh, I believe a few months ago. I don't know what it's called, but uh, I heard this from a few sources. There was a Netflix movie that took place in Ohio. A train derailed in the movie, and they had to evacuate the town in a Netflix movie that happened three months ago. I'm I don't know. I honestly I'm not saying uh, that this was that there's a connection there, but isn't that really weird? It's weird. I don't know. So it does seem like some sort of possible chemical attack. And this would be very characteristic of fifth generation warfare. Let me go ahead. I have my notes here that are uh, keeping me on a trajectory here. So I want to remember to go back to propaganda and, and some of these other chemical things. But first, just to avoid confusion, let me give you some definitions here. So fifth generation warfare. What is it? Let's start with the other generations of warfare, just to give a better perspective. So this is me reading from my notes. First generation warfare. This is characterized by the use of massed manpower with armies formed of masses of soldiers armed with muskets and bayonets. Tactics during this time were linear with armies facing each other on the battlefield in line formation. So very organized, very neat, very simple, very direct. Second generation warfare, this is characterized by the use of firepower with the development of rifling and machine gun 
uh, and the machine gun leading to a focus on firepower over maneuver. Tactics during this time were characterized by trench warfare and static defensive position. So things are starting to get a little more complicated here with second generation warfare. Third generation warfare. This is characterized by the emphasis on maneuver and mobility with the development of armored vehicles and air power, leading to a focus on combined arms operations and the ability to strike deep within enemy territory. So now we're getting a little more precise with our attacks, emphasis on uh, maneuverability. What about fourth generation warfare? This is characterized by the blurring of the lines between war and politics and the use of non-state actors and irregular forces. Tactics during this time include guerrilla warfare, terrorism, and insurgency. So this is already fourth generation warfare beyond, well beyond first generation, where it's just two people sort of staring at each other, two groups of people staring at each other fighting with muskets. Fast forward to fourth generation warfare, things are irregular, irregular warfare. Now, with what's going on today, fifth generation warfare, which is said not by me, but by many uh, military personnel, military experts, uh, as well as uh, many people who, who follow this and study this quite closely. And so I have some clips to highlight the reality of this. Because one thing that is not often talked about is fentanyl, which I know is a, a political issue. Some people uh, make it a political issue. I don't see it as such. When people are dying, that doesn't seem very political to me. And as a matter of fact, according to my research, fentanyl deaths, fentanyl deaths are the number one cause of death for young males in America. Let that sink in. It's disturbing because you don't hear that at all. And that's just the, the current, you can check the show notes uh, because I, I have a lot of sources for today's episode in the show notes. And there are a few sources that, that indicate that to be the, uh, the fact. Fentanyl, number one death for young males. But not only that, when we think about chemical attacks or just uh, chemicals influencing our health, whether or not it is deliberate or intentional as a form of warfare, we've already talked in a previous episode about how chemicals are ubiquitous and many of them are very toxic. Many of them coincidentally just happen to harm reproductive health. I'm sure that's just an accident. I know some people out there publicly position themselves saying that we need to depopulate the earth. Um, and those, some of those same people also have a hand in, in chemical companies that just happen to make these chemicals that we know harm health. But um, I'm sure there's no conflict of interest there. I, I know they, that uh, the, the people in power, they want to protect our health, which is why I trust them with all my heart. So, uh, But fentanyl is, is a big problem. These, these toxic chemicals are a big problem. And if this isn't a topic that you are too familiar with, fentanyl, uh, if you haven't been hearing the news about this, I have two clips here specific to fentanyl. They're very short. Here's a 23-second clip. This is demonstrated here, uh, fentanyl sized against 
the, uh, the penny, it, that's technically a lethal dose, enough to kill. Um, and we know that uh, last year, 13,000 pounds, 13,000 pounds of fentanyl um, was, was seized in, in 2023. That's enough to kill 333 million Americans nine times over. 330 million Americans. That, the amount of fentanyl seized, that, so that's a, a video clip of a congressional hearing where he's showing a picture of a penny and next to the penny are like a few crumbs of fentanyl. That is a lethal dose. A few crumbs that are a hundred times smaller than a penny is a lethal dose. And they confiscated 330 million pounds that is enough to kill, or, or I'm sorry, they killed enough fentanyl to kill 330 Americans nine times over. So if this were talked about, I wouldn't be as suspicious. If, if everyone were on the same page here, the media that supposedly cares about us, if they were saying like, hey guys, wake up, we need to do something about this fentanyl. Everybody should be talking about this. I would be a little less, less suspicious if, if they're was genuine concern about this problem that is affecting our country quite significantly. But what it seems very suspicious to me is the fact that this is never talked about and that it, I don't know. It, it, is it not suspicious? Am I, am I crazy here? Here's another clip, okay? This is not a political thing. Uh, this is a clip of a mom who lost her son to fentanyl. And so this is a, a heavy clip. I'm warning you now. Uh, she's not, of course, happy in this clip, understandably. So I'm just uh, consider that a trigger warning as much as I hate that phrase. But here we go. And um, I appreciate you using the term fentanyl poisoning because that's what it was. It wasn't an overdose. They had no idea that they were doing anything that could kill them. And it's because fentanyl got into this country. I, I heard this man over here from the Cato Institute, you know, talk about, well, it's because of demand. What I'm hearing him say is they asked for it. The hell? Seriously? Are you kidding me? We need to protect our children. They didn't ask for that. This wasn't demand that they wanted the fentanyl. They didn't want fentanyl. They thought they were getting Percocets. Okay? He's absolutely clueless. Like, total disconnect from what's happening. Um. You know, and to say, oh, let's just give them strips or let's give them rehab. Well, you know what? My kids got the federal. My son, Caleb, went to federal rehab. It was a flop house. It wasn't real rehab. You're wasting your money where you're sending it. I'm telling you, it's a waste of money because it wasn't real rehab. And the government paid for their drugs under COVID. They encouraged them not to stay home. All these young people. In our support groups, we all talk about it, how they paid for their drugs with the federal funds under COVID that gave them incentive not to work. Healthy young people. I don't know how anyone can be an apologist. Like, like she, in the video, she was referring to some guy who said that they were asking for it, basically, or it's a response to demand. There, there are apologists for these sorts of things people i don't know if it's uh, driven by money if they just have no compassion or like what the hell's going on there but this seems something worthy of of discussing meanwhile we have our own government sending our money to pay for pensions to, to people in ukraine and 
I don't know. Obviously, fentanyl doesn't have a direct connection to uh, Ukraine, but like these types of problems between the the train in Ohio and the fentanyl deaths and uh, our plummeting uh, fertility rates. No one's talking about these these things at all. All they talk about is like, let's send more money to Ukraine. And it's I know this is a health show. I'm, I'm sorry, but it, it's infuriating because this does, even if it is indirect, it has an effect on our health physically and mentally. This has an effect on our society. People are dying. So. I don't know. It, it It's just I, I feel obligated to talk about it because you certainly don't see this on TV when I bring it up in, in regular conversation. So people have no idea what I'm talking about. And I think part of the reason it is easy to dismiss these things, it's easy to have opinions that are just disconnected from reality, that, that whether you're not thinking about this or whether you're accepting it in some way, this isn't normal. And how do we get to this point where something so abnormal can just be normalized and accepted? Well, I, I use this word a lot, but propaganda is, is certainly a factor. Propaganda and cognitive warfare is a key component of fifth generation warfare. Let me go ahead and move in my notes again. So I, I already explained the different types of warfare. But just to highlight this type of reality. Let me see. Let me find it. Here we go. The different domains of warfare. So domain meaning like where it takes place. Most people right off the bat, if they were to think about it, you would come up with land, sea, and air. That's where war can take place. Air Force, Navy, Marines, Army, land, sea, and air. You also have Space Force, space, fighting the aliens, or doing whatever the hell they do in space. What are some of the other domains of war? Land, air, sea, space, cyber. Social media is a new type of land. People spend time there. We even call it digital real estate because it is a type of space where your mind is residing. So it is just, it can be thought of like land warfare, but the land is digital. So some pretty big implications there. Well, what else? Land, air, sea, space, cyber, cognition, the mind. And we know the propaganda has been used all throughout history. We've covered that a little bit. Most obviously, people think of Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. So these are the domains of war today. And I think most notable are cyberspace as well as cognition, the mind. Now the mind is attacked with propaganda. And that cyberspace, the social media, is a good domain to use that propaganda. And for those who still have not accepted the possibility that propaganda might be affecting them, because I actually saw a poll where somebody asked uh, a large audience, do you think propaganda is affecting you? It was 50% say no. Even the people who are aware of propaganda are foolish enough to believe that it's not affecting them. 
That is wrong. Propaganda runs the world. We've covered this already. If you haven't heard this, go back to episode one and uh, even some of my other episodes. I talk about this a lot. But now let's get more specific. NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, is a United States federal law that is passed annually to authorize defense-related expenditures and policies. One revision, one, I'm sorry, one provision that has raised concerns in the NDAA is Section 1078, which allows for the creation and dissemination of propaganda materials. So it's legal. The government under the Obama administration has legalized the targeted propaganda to be dispersed throughout wherever. It does not specify. And this is law. You can check this out for yourself. NDAA, Provision 1078. Also worth considering is Operation Mockingbird. That is a CIA project. It's funny how whenever you talk about something like this, people immediately dismiss it or roll their eyes. You can't say conspiracy or you can't say uh, CIA operation or CIA project without somebody dismissing it immediately, which is really annoying because we know that CIA projects and operations to target the American population with psychological operations, has, it, it's a real thing. We have many instances proving that this thing goes on. And there have been even hearings about this with Operation Mockingbird in particular. The execution was so corrupt that they got publicly reprimanded because they ended up in court. Now, supposedly they stopped these uh, types of propaganda projects. Operation Mockingbird was uh, the CIA disbursement of intelligence agents into the media. And many people uh, who you might call conspiracy theorists believe that some of the figures you see on TV are really just intelligence agents. I don't know. I'm not saying that. But there's legal precedent for it. It's been tried before. I'm sure it went away. That would be ridiculous if psychological operations where intelligence agents would go on TV to shape your opinions and narratives in your head and thoughts to serve them instead of you. That, come on, that would be ridiculous. Let's be reasonable here. So the propaganda does go on. And it's actually been going on for much longer than people realize. Uh, like a lot longer. So here's a clip of uh, Yuri Bezmenov, who is a KGB defector. This is a clip from the mid-1980s, where as a defector from the KGB, he warned Americans about some of the intelligence operations efforts to implement ideological subversion, which is, I think, fun to say, but not as fun to experience because any country, any given country has an underlying ideology, a, a type of mentality that is collectively held by the people in that country. Ideological subversion is the idea that some sort of force or institution can subvert or infiltrate or try to tarnish that ideology, the current ideology. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, whatever it is to subvert the existing ideology of a, a populace. 
I could say more, but I'll, I'll let him explain it himself. This is a two-minute clip. Very powerful stuff here. Well, you spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. There's nothing to do with espionage. Only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people, you have you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of, the, uh, of the United States society. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flab, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation. Uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials, economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it may take only up to six weeks to to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. So pretty crazy stuff and, and some things that stood out to me there or this idea of how if this ideological subversion process has been done correctly, you can show the people the truth. You can they can have all the information, factual, correct information in the world, and it won't make a difference because they have been subverted to such an extent that they don't even know how to process what is real or what isn't. And I know people don't like this, and this is maybe controversial, but the first thing I think of is masks. From day one, myself, as well as many other medical professionals, I'm not a medical professional, but other people who are medical professionals said using the health science, the medical science, the literature, that masks are not going to prevent the spread of coronavirus and it might even make it worse. I backed up my case with a very strong article with sources and I wasn't the only one. And so, I mean, to me, when I think of this idea of you can show the people the truth and it won't make a difference, I think of, uh, I mean, many things, but I think the softest possible example here is as masks. Because the truth, the facts are out. And now it is commonly accepted. You're seeing this in the news even. You're seeing people allowed to talk about this because we have enough information to make it undeniable. Even the people who have been lying about this for the past few years. 
Another interesting thing that stood out to me in that clip is how it only takes a few years to destabilize a country, up to five years, three to five years. That's pretty much an entire presidential term. Isn't that interesting? So, I don't know. Why would, why would our, like, the medical experts in, in our own country lie to us about something like getting us to comply with masks? Why would they want mask compliance? Huh. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about that. I have no idea. But um, this, this idea of, of exposing truths and, and the truth finally coming to light is, I mean, a big part of the reason I even started this show in the first place, because I've had a very frustrating past few years talking about things that have uh, come true that we now know undeniably are true. And... We're just getting started, right? You look at the Twitter files. Uh, a lot of the things that people have widely accepted are now coming to light as being lies. We're seeing that with the Twitter files. If you don't follow that, I, I recommend it. Elon Musk, who has been helping to put out the Twitter files, has been indicating that the Fauci files are coming soon. I'm, I'm excited for that. We know that asshole has been lying about uh, a whole lot of things. If anybody has read the book, the real Anthony Fauci. We know for sure there's a whole lot of corruption and lies there. And I know some people love Fauci like he's some sort of deity, but this is just the reality. So part of, of fifth generation warfare and, and what really makes all of this relevant is the blurring of the lines between military and civilian life, which maybe I didn't emphasize too well in the beginning. Uh, I'm going to have to work on getting my outlines in better order, uh, but that is a key characteristic of fifth generation warfare, not just the cognitive aspect of it, but the fact, like, like I said in the very beginning, it's not like Call of Duty warfare. It's not like, hey, these people over there are fighting. Who cares? I'm over here comfortable, you know, in my own home. Uh, the thing about fifth generation warfare is it can be in your home, thanks to propaganda and social media. and even if you aren't one to possibly suspect that our own government or people in our own country could possibly do these types, like do harmful fifth generation warfare things against, uh, against the, the own populace of that country. Uh, most people would accept foreign interference with fifth generation warfare. So that could be like the bots that are infil infiltrating Twitter and, um, you know, election interference using Twitter bots and things like that. Please understand that I'm not partisan. I know uh, some of these topics edge on politics, but I have no political party. I think that putting yourself into a category like that kind of limits the thinking because it's like team sports where, oh, I'm blue or I'm red and I have to stick with my team. I don't like that. Um, so it's funny when when some people hear me talk about borderline political topics, they often make assumptions about what uh, political party I am. And uh, it, it's part of what's funny is that 50% of the people guess that I'm uh, blue and 50% of the people guess that I'm red and uh, neither of them are true. Uh, but that's a shortcut. It's a mental failure. Not exactly a failure. It can be a mental failure to just try to put somebody in a box like that to sort of uh, not have to really think about things very deeply. Because when you put somebody in a box like that, you're just like, oh, well, I, I got them all figured out. So I just want to say that because I know some of these topics borderline on politics and I am not political. I have my own opinions, but that's uh, not 
exactly for this show. So like I said, fifth, fifth generation warfare uh, has a blurring of the lines between military and civilian life. So it is fluid and nonlinear in nature. It involves the influencing of perceptions, attitudes, and behaviors of individuals and populations rather than on controlling physical territory. The propaganda war is definitely part of it. Information warfare, cognitive warfare, psychological operations to manipulate cultural norms and values. And if you think that maybe, hey, this seems like uh, this is a little too far, getting carried away here. This, There's no way that war is on this level where it's now influencing every aspect of life. I mean, there's a few pieces to that. We know that the military industrial complex is a type of industry. And like many industries, growth is sought after. So this is an industry that makes money that grows and grows and grows. And we'll, we'll spend all day talking about the car industry or obvious industries that we can see, but not many people talk about the military industrial complex that keeps growing and growing and um, just something worth thinking about. But not only that, as a health coach, one thing that we emphasize is holistic health. Let's, let's look at the whole picture. We're not just looking at blood work, right? We're looking at the whole picture. What is your sleep like? What is your stress like? Physical activity or nutrition, all those little pieces. Well, Fifth generation warfare is like a holistic type of warfare. Hey, we've got the sea, land, and the air covered. Let's be holistic about this. Let's go into cyber warfare. Let's attack the mind. Let's blur the lines between military and civilian life, and really everybody is in this war, whether they like it or not. It's kind of scary. So here's an example, of probably the most controversial example I could give on how propaganda or fifth generation warfare can influence behavior. Maybe I should leave that one out. There's already been a few episodes where I've uh, broadcasted and I had to take it down because I, I say certain keywords that uh, for a few reasons I don't want out there quite yet. And I've been trying to be more careful. So I'm sorry to tease you like that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to hold my tongue on what I was about to say, but here's the thing. Uh, what I will be announcing soon for my business is a new type of subscription service. I want this to be like a, uh, uh maybe you call it a Netflix for red pills. If you want to call it that, where it's not just health. I want to talk about, um, health. I want to talk about time management. I have a book that is coming out called creating time wealth. And, um, I'm going to be talking about that. This is not a time management book that you have ever seen anything like. It is extremely unique and original, something that I've been working on for a long time. And so I have a plan to attach that to this membership and sort of uh, drip it out over time in a way that will change people's lives. This is next level time management. But not only that, the membership will include aspects of uh, building your own, uh, your own online business. I believe that can can make a case for that being part of health because nowadays the financial health is uh, an issue for many people and having freedom and autonomy to travel if you want to and and you know maybe avoiding the stresses that come along with responding to someone else as your boss 
um, well, I, I want to offer people the opportunity to avoid some of the mistakes that I've made with building my business because uh, it took me a while to get here. I've been working on this forever and uh, I, I'm very happy with where things are at now. I, I've built a business to give myself freedom and and I mean, this is my voice, right? This isn't something that it's just like uh, I'm trying to just make money. So let me find some opportunity to make money. No, this is like, this is my passion and my mission and I can make money doing that, which is very cool. And so I want to help other people, health coaches or not, definitely health coaches. But even if you're interested in building an Etsy shop or uh, whatever it is, uh, if you want to learn how to make money online and have that freedom to live a lifestyle that's comfortable to you, keep an eye out for that announcement, or you can subscribe to my newsletter at mikevira.com. Uh, so that's a new thing as well. In the past, I said it all goes to the same place. Well, mikevira.com is a little new. I changed it. So it has all my social media links and all that. Uh, so if you want to find out more about me, go to mikevira.com. If you want my business, go to redpillhealthandwellness.com. Uh, either way, you'll find pretty much everything at either of those sites. But uh, the reason I brought that up is because one thing that I'm going to do with this membership is uh, exclusive podcast episodes or clips from podcasts, things that I might censor myself uh, during like a broadcast like this. I, I might withhold certain uh, in opinions or information so that I'm not getting flagged by the algorithms or uh, just so I'm extra careful, right? Because if, if it's a general audience, I might say things that piss people off and I don't want to do that. So if I have some assurance that you're in this inner circle type thing where you know you, you you already like my message, you're looking for more of it. Well, I can have some certainty there that I can speak a little more freely than I would on YouTube. And so this is going to be especially neat once I have guests. I've, I've already been doing some outreach to some really cool guests where we talk about health topics that are never talked about, things like all forget all that boring stuff like uh, you know, do do your sit-ups. Here are neat ways to do your sit-ups or let's talk about uh the, the the healthiest salad like that's fine you could find that anywhere that's it's good it's that you know that information is important but it bores the shit out of me and if it bores me well i can't exactly expect my audience to be not bored so uh but i digress keep an eye out for that membership with fifth generation warfare here there is potential for positive impact because we know in war there are at least we think about it as both sides. There's the good guys and the bad guys. And that's definitely oversimplistic and that's not exactly how it is. But that doesn't mean that these tactics can't be used for good. If we know that bad guys are infiltrating our cognition and using social media to manipulate our opinions, well, it would follow that good guys can counter those movements. And of course, there's the term counter propaganda that does exactly that. So we could use the same distribution channels that fifth generation uh, war people use against us to promote health, to reduce disease, to spread truth. Wouldn't that be great? But this is only going to become more complicated as time goes on with the development of AI, which is going to allow for the production of stronger propaganda. It will allow for the better disbursement of propaganda. It's going to be very hard for people to figure out what's real and what isn't. And it's only going to work if, or I mean, it's only going to get better if people actively start paying attention to these things. 
So let's see. Let's see how much I have left here. Just going through my notes. Oh, so here on the the positives, uh, this might be positive or not. I, I happen to think this is uh, mostly positive. We, there is a, a branch of the army that engages in propaganda. I'll tell you what, if I was enlisting, I'd sign up for the, the propaganda unit of the military. It's called the Ghost Army. So this is a division of the United States military that openly does propaganda. And of course, if you are an American, a patriotic person, you you believe and you hope that these are the good guys. And I, I do believe because it doesn't make sense to me that uh, there would be just nothing but bad propaganda out there to influence us in a negative way. And I, in many ways, I consider my efforts to be counter propaganda because I'm here trying to the best of my ability to speak truth, to keep things real. Sometimes I keep it a little too real. I've been told uh, I'm OK with that. but. We can use these tactics too. I think health coaches counter propaganda in many ways. We empower people's uh, ability, their innate ability. They have the ability there. We're just pulling it out of them. We are countering the efforts to get them to stop thinking and we're forcing them to think more. So it can be very powerful. Man, I really got to do a better job at putting together these outlines. But we know uh, cognition, propaganda, let's see here. Now, with warfare, this is kind of a little over uh, all over the place, I apologize. But I mentioned earlier that the, the amount of effort we put into war with land, sea, and air. Most people are, are well aware of this. We see this in the video games. We see this in the movies, on TV, in military ads. Whenever you see something like that, it's always you know people holding guns, uh, the, the Navy or the Marines in the water. Now, realize that the scope of cognitive or cyber warfare is probably greater than we can even imagine, much greater than that. They're not going to advertise it. Like you see a gun, you know that's a threat. Propaganda is not as obvious. And it can be very sneaky. So uh, propaganda and shaping public opinion. We know that the, the Chinese Communist Party has done this to justify its actions in Hong Kong. We know here's a, a, a dark but funny example with North Korea. Uh, if you've ever seen this, if, if like one of the leaders dies or something, I think they did this when uh, what is it, Kim Jong-il, the first one, the, the one, the previous one, when he died. They do this propaganda effort where they show, like they film groups of people crying, like very exaggerate, like boo. <laughs> and they film a whole group of people like that and they broadcast it through the TV. And you can imagine in a country where they don't have, like they can't go on Netflix and get a whole variety of shows and stuff like that. That, that might really shape the minds of some people, like seeing just this exaggerate crying and and. The idea is to propagate that emotion just to get other people crying and all on the same page that their beloved communist leader has died. And we even see the propaganda, similar propaganda efforts coming out of the World Economic Forum. I wish I had downloaded some videos for that because there's some, I mean, you look at it, it's, it's clear propaganda, the way they put the music and the soft language. We, we care about you. Listen to us. What a crock of shit. Um, so winding down here, I want to talk about how we can protect ourselves against some of the vulnerabilities that 
are existential. And it is important to be literate with media and have an understanding of how we might be manipulated with these types of messages, how censorship can have an impact on us, how we can protect ourselves from floating balloons above our house. Okay, this is a joke. Um, but we do have internal vulnerabilities, our own cognition, because our psychology and our cognition can be used against us. We have biases and heuristics. Those are shortcuts in the brain. So, for example, uh, here are some biases and heuristics that we that are at least examples of possible modes of attack in the context of fifth, uh, fifth generation warfare or cognitive warfare. Confirmation bias in political campaigns. Uh, so, you know, taking advantage of the fact we might have some data that indicates that this group of people believes very strongly, whatever, some political issue. So we can construct our messaging in a certain way to take advantage of confirmation bias to just, instead of getting the people to think critically, we just want them to confirm what they already know, whether or not it's true. A lot of people do this. Social pressure. If you have certain uh, some kind of identity, social or political identity, we can leverage that to get you to do something. Uh, framing to influence perception of social issues. So uh, abortion is a good example of this, and I'm not at all uh, telling you my opinion on that. But um, they can say instead of pro-abortion, it's pro-choice. That's an example of framing. Narratives, just the construction of a story, because we've mentioned in, I think, the previous episode that our thoughts in our head are basically narratives or stories. And so we can create really powerful stories that can influence people's thought process. Limited attention. We can only hold so many thoughts in our head. And so if we're trying to think about some of the government corruption that's going on, what the hell's going on with the trains? What about Hunter Biden's laptop? Oh, wait, balloons? Hello. So limited attention. Cognitive poverty. This I'm going to be extra careful with because I think, you know, when I talk about intellectual laziness, some people get upset because I don't know. But uh, cognitive poverty maybe sounds a little nicer. They just don't have it all there. That could be like, uh, I, I think it's different from low intellect because cognitive poverty is like money. Like if somebody's, if, if they have financial poverty, they can make more money. They can, you know, uh, that can be changed. That situation can be changed. So cognitive poverty is maybe for whatever reason, you're, you're just not developed there, but you have the capability to. And that's different from something like low intellect, which we know from the research is generally not too changeable. And then intellectual laziness is probably more similar to cognitive poverty. But what about another mode of attack? Leveraging cognitive dissonance. So this is when there are incongruent ideas in people's heads and it makes them uncomfortable and that can motivate them to just not critically think. The level of discomfort often causes people to just... Uh, you know, give in to whatever's being pushed the hardest. So one example of this is you see this on college campuses. I hate racism and I also hate white people. So if you were to point out that incongruency to that person spewing that, it would bring about cognitive dissonance, that uncomfortable feeling when you're holding two thoughts that don't go together. Uh, so, I mean, we could talk about biases and heuristics and modes of attack forever. I mean, there are just so many of them. So if that's something you want to hear more about, please let me know. I've gotten some feedback from people lately that's been very helpful. I have new episodes coming up on AI 
uh, new episodes coming up on mental health over the next few weeks. Uh, so your feedback does help. And I'm basically putting together an episode for you if you make a request, uh, as long as it fits with the themes of the show. So the importance of critical thinking and protecting ourselves from internal manipulation. Well, use your intuition. Okay. If something doesn't feel right, listen to your body, use your intuition, be skeptical. Don't just blindly accept things, especially if, if it seems easy to accept. That's, that could be a big red flag. Uh, Fact-checking information online. If you're using Snopes, I don't know what to tell you. If you're getting your fact-checking from Facebook's trusted fact-checkers, I don't know what to tell you, okay? Don't outsource your thinking. When I say do fact-checking, I mean like be really vigilant about it because fact-checking isn't just going to a website with somebody who claims to have fact-checked for you. That's not fact-checking. That's trusting authority. Evaluating the credibility of sources that goes hand in hand. So not just fact checking, but if you come across some information, see, is this legit? Challenge the crowd. This is a big one. Now, I'm not saying be some sort of sociopath where every, every time the crowd has an opinion, you go against it as a contrarian. That's not what I'm saying. But consider that this is actually a quote from Rand Paul. Mao and Hitler didn't rise to power promising tyranny. They came to power promising equality. So crowds can be controlled. We covered that in episode three with the sheep mind, de-individuation. Crowds can be controlled. It's like, like a type of hacking. And that's very dangerous to people who aren't critically thinking because we have, on one hand, we have a, a proclivity towards going with the crowd. But on the other hand, the crowd can be manipulated very easily. So there's potential for danger there. Don't follow the crowd. Think first. And if the crowd is worth following, then, then you can follow the crowd. But we have to watch out because technology is is only developing faster. We know with AI, we've already talked in episode two about the potentials for AI to manipulate the mind and use next level propaganda. And our brains are only going to further merge with this type of technology as things like Neuralink, Elon Musk's Neuralink develops, where it's literally putting a chip in your brain. That seems very risky as we think about some of these aspects of fifth generation warfare. I mean, that is the merging of the cyber landscape with the cognitive landscape. It just becomes one. I mean, that could make things very easy for fifth generation warfare tactics. But of, but of course, AI can be good or bad. It's, it's a tool and nothing more. Depends who's using it. So do you feel comfortable with Bill Gates using AI? I don't know. That's it's for you to determine. I mean, I ask that because Bill Gates is right now... Uh, uh, well, at least Microsoft, not Bill Gates. Microsoft is the one who is sort of pioneering the AI development with OpenAI, where they uh, had a large financial investment, and now they're the ones kind of taking over. So whenever you have one large corporation like that trying to take advantage of the newest technological revolution, that's always cause for concern. So with that concern, we can protect our minds. And this is where I start to really end this episode. I see health coaches as fighters in the fifth generation warfare, as well as citizen journalists, I should point out. Uh, I have uh, a lot of friends. I know people who have, just like me, making their own shows, have their own sub stacks because they are just sick of the, the bullshit and lies that have been spewed for the past few years. And they see an obligation to speak the truth. And that's very much why I am doing this too. Not only this show, but I health coach clients and uh, helping to restore people's power and get people thinking and circumvent the misinformation and all that.
but it is important to be vigilant and skeptical of information and uh, fact check and seek out diverse pers perspectives and critically think as much as possible to try to protect yourself from the manipulation. Seeking out differing opinions, challenging your own beliefs, inviting disagreement into your life. So maybe, you know, you could be propagandized. You might have some wrong opinions. I could too. I, it, the people who are certain that they, that they're correct. I know a few people like this. It drives me nuts. It really is. It's draining to be around these types of people. When they have such certainty about it, like, I don't know how to explain it. I'll have to work on that. But when people present themselves as like, you're the propagandized one, not me. And like, I know this, you're wrong, I'm right. Anytime you have that black and white thinking, it's, these people are either not critically thinking, they're propagandized, they don't know what they're talking about. It's very frustrating. So, I mean, as a reasonable person, I'm pointing out these things so that I can do the best that I can. I can't say that it, like, I'll never be affected by propaganda and I'm 100% right all the time. That's such a foolish thing. But beyond all of what I've said, mental health is definitely important and probably the most important as we discuss all of this because uh, all the stress and attacks and chemical warfare and all these things going on can definitely have an effect on our mental health. A lot of stress and anxiety. So beyond the physical health, the mental health, so having stress management techniques or strategies in place, breathing exercises, exercise, like physical exercise, what have you. What else? Always work on your critical thinking. Like I said, if that's something you think you might need work on, check out my bad arguments episode, which is the previous one to this, number 10. I'm going to have more examples of types of arguments coming up in a future episode study psychology influence propaganda or just listen to more of this show so that's probably where i'll end it listen to more of this show if you want more of this type of information if you do want to protect yourself because i'm not going to shut up about these ideas not always in the context of fifth generation warfare but so far, a lot of what I've talked about has been related to fifth generation warfare. So if you do want to support my mission and stay healthy and awake and support my, my agenda towards truth and integrity and health and independent health, free speech, there are a few ways to support. Like I mentioned, you can go to MikeBeer.com where you can check out my health coaching program. You can check out the one-on-one -on -one health coaching. You can check out my Substack, my newsletter, or you can just help spread the word. You can like this podcast like this episode if you're watching it on rumble um which uh, one more thing by the way if you are uh consuming this podcast in some way whether you're listening to it or watching it uh, i i do put some audio filter in the audio version so if you're listening to this on spotify for instance the audio is a little bit better than on rumble but if you're watching it uh the audio is perfectly acceptable but you also get the video so it's up to you i just wanted to throw it out there that there is video and audio um, so please share, subscribe, leave a comment. Let me know what you want to see next, all that good stuff. But most importantly, stay healthy and stay awake. Kim. That's the, 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 the